We should just start out this episode barking. In a few years. In a few years, Hannah. And Next they're week, be old enough, and when they're three, <laughs> I'll be like, "Check out Daddy's show." All right, guys, welcome to the best take here on one hundred six point seven KZLX LP Maryville. Uh, we're the best take. It's uh, it's our third episode. Third? Yeah, yeah. Season, yeah. Wow, yeah. we're on pretty much like week three. Um, we'll probably start actually having like the real put in episodes this week. Um, we had some technical difficulties. Uh, last week and the week before that. It's not our fault. It's KZLX. I hope they're hearing this. To the left of me is Kyle Harris. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, to the back of me is actually uh, Cody Nance. Hey, guys. I think we found a transformer. And then uh, to the right of me is uh, Wesley Ellington. Wesley? Uh, I got my khakis in my khakis. <laughs> was that a good Bostonian accent? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, we loved it. You hit all the classic Boston accent words, <laughs> car keys and khakis. <laughs> and then in the uh, back of here is uh, Hannah Lucas. What up? She'll just sit in the corner. She's babysitting <laughs> She's me. Sit in the corner. My parents usually come and they like sit in and, and like monitor my behavior, <laughs> like a parent does. But they're busy this week, so Hannah's my babysitter. Hey, that's gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about a uh, special little fella here. <laughs> Hey, he's like 5'10", okay? <laughs> he's also like 50, 49 maybe, I don't know. He's a special little fella. It's Mark Wahlberg Films hey, here on the podcast. He has a whole Wikipedia page dedicated to his filmography from spanning from the Almost every actor has mid-90s to now. He's got a lot of stuff under his belt. Um, some of the recent work that he's done, well, some of the more, I guess, work that he will be in, you know, um, considering that theaters were kind of shut down this summer uh uncharted the movie yeah uh, he's playing a uh, solely yep uh, uh victor Sullivan. Yeah. you know uh he's got another movie called infinite i i don't think i've seen that hold one. hold on a second yeah. wesley is uh staring at me aggressively at the fact that uh marky mark is playing solely and i understand why he's doing that uncharted is a beloved playstation game um starring uh nathan fillion yes. but but uh, as uh somebody else and uh, Tom Holland's playing a baby, uh, Nathan Drake, and uh, Mark Wahlberg's going to be playing uh, Sully, okay. who um, he like mentors Nathan Drake and teaches him how to hunt for treasure and stuff. It's basically modern Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, okay. Honestly, because I was think I think Uncharted. I think Nathan Drake mid thirties. Sully's like seventy years old. Yeah, yeah. So I like I thought of like an old man with a big mustache, gray hair, cigar. Not Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> so, but I mean, you know, since it's going to be an old or younger Sully, I can kind of get it. But even then, I was just like, you know, just get Tom Selleck, man. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Tom Selleck would be perfect as Sully. He Wouldn't has a mustache. He, he's gray now. You know what I'm saying? That's the only qualification. True. I, you see Sully, like... he is like the most like prototypical mustache uh, elderly white man. Yeah. Straight up. Gotcha. Yeah. Much like Sam Elliott, but not really. Yeah, but Sam Elliott. Like a bulky yeah. Sam Elliott? Yes, yes. Okay. Where's Hawaiian shirts? The whole nine. Let's see. Uh, Mark Wahlberg was also in Scoob. He plays uh, Brian Crown, the Blue Falcon. Yeah, because uh, I was going to remark how weird it is that he hasn't been sucked into playing a superhero yet, but he has. He played the superhero in Scoob. Which I guess was fun. I mean, you know, 
It was a probably film. an easy paycheck. <laughs> uh, but even more recent, or I guess even less recent now, it's been about two years. We saw the film Mile 22 <laughs> when it came out. And uh, Mile 22 was uh, the film that we talked about on Nerd Central's Slightly Off, if you caught that on KNWT Channel 8. Does anybody want to explain what this film is, Mile 22? I'd love to jump in. Yeah, go ahead. So Mark Wahlberg works for a super secret agency that's like above the police, above the CIA. Nobody knows about it. Um, And in this movie, their mission is to transport um, a guy with secret information from one part of a fictional Indonesian city to another part of this fictional Indonesian city. What makes it exemplary or unique in its structure is that halfway through these 22 miles that we're transporting our like villain he's kind of the villain kind of the kind of an unknown person but halfway through transporting him these 22 miles we seemingly give up on transporting him these 22 miles we go on all these weird escapades where like we walk into a bagel shop that gets blown <laughs> up and then like randomly we wind up in this like apartment complex and have to save these kids like destroy the whole apartment complex and rescue like a captured operative or a captured like fellow spy. Mm-hmm. So that's what really like I, I think that's why the movie sticks out to us so much is that it started out as just kind of like your cliche badly edited action movie mm. and goes off the rails because it refuses to explain its actions at every turn. <laughs> that's great. It's a weird one, and it's also like one of those films that just doesn't really do a great job at editing but it thinks it's doing a good job (laughs) with the many many cuts in between and i have it's so bad that i don't know what's going on on screen like it's it's like visually hurting my eyes to like the point where i'm just like okay like i get it you have like a bunch of guns and things are happening on screen but like can we just please (laughs) hold like one shot you know yeah Um, that was my biggest thing like we know how to shoot action movies now so Stop Stop that Jason Bourne crap. I mean, dude, in action films have been, like, one-shot stuff for a minute, too. Like, John Wick was just, like, the prototypical, like, this is how it's done in American culture now. But, like, even before that, it's been done so many times, so many... so It's been done so well so many times, it's, like, no excuse no more, man, I swear. It's interesting tracking the evolution, because, I mean, I... You could call me a bad film historian, I guess. Especially, like, old sci-fi and horror films. The strategy used to be for these things... If we don't have the budget or the expertise to make a really good action sequence or sci-fi sequence, then you make the first hour and a half of your movie like people talking in some kind of lab. And then you put all of your budget, all of your time, and all of your money into like a really good third act, right? With the hopes that like people will see it and they'll stick around to finally see the monster or to finally see this technology or whatever it is, this fight scene. And now technology has like changed to a degree that instead of putting all of your eggs in one basket and having one redeemable moment, you just have 10 horrible moments that are spread out at like even intervals throughout the film. So like every 10 minutes you have a bad action scene instead of having one good action scene. Yeah. I feel like it, the necessity of being a movies being like a slow burn has died down a lot. And like, I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of miss it, but I mean, there's certain movies that still do it like that, where they have just like huge third acts, where it's just like a blue light beam in the sky and all the crazy explosions and stuff like that. But sometimes those movies suck too, like Fan Four Stick. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't do anything for the first like two two acts of that film, and then that third act was just a lot and nothing at the same time. So it really varies. It really t- it depends on the execution, man. I swear. 
I think we can kind of move on to another film that me and Kyle, well, I guess you and Hannah had um, watched the other day, and then I kind of just chimed in a little bit. Uh, Patriot's Day, which came out in 2016. It was a film about the uh, Boston bombing. Uh, And it's actually, wasn't Peter Berg the same director as Mile 22? Yes, sir. Huh. And it was, like, much better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we were kind of joking at some point watching Mile 22 last night that Peter Berg is, like, good at one or two shots. Because he repeats the same one or two sequences and shots in all of his films. So, like, you know, wide shot of a city street, and then all of a sudden, boom, a storefront gets blown out by a huge explosion. Like, that's a shot that we see not just in every one of his movies, but, like, every 20 or 30 minutes in every one of his (laughs) movies. Uh, So it's definitely easy to draw a through line. Cody, you didn't watch it with us, but you've seen Patriot's Day before, yes? I have seen Patriot's Day. I enjoy Patriot's Day. It's a good, good flick. It's got the bakes in it. Um, Who? The bakes. The bakes. Kevin Bacon. Oh, okay. (laughs) What? The bakes. (laughs) You have never heard that. (laughs) That's because I just made it up. Ah, I'm sure it'll catch on. For those of you who didn't listen to our last podcast, um, anytime we think an idea is stupid on this podcast, we will bark at them like (laughs) dogs. Bark, bark, bark. (laughs) But yeah, no, it has Kevin Bacon in it, which is cool. I guess he plays like a detective or something. That movie is a lot better because, like you said, um, it's just a series of conversations for the most part. There's not a whole lot of action that takes place in it. Uh, I just think that Peter Berg went into this like not really knowing how action works. Mm. Do you remember the crazy third act to Patriot's Day? First off, Wes, have you seen Patriot's Day? No, I haven't. I haven't. Okay, but this is a true story, so it's not really like yeah, a spoiler yeah, yeah. here. So we have one half of the brother duo that committed the Boston Marathon bombing. The other brother has been killed by police, I believe, and this guy is hiding out. So we see an old man, he's going to like pick up the mail or something, and he hears something funny. He thinks there's someone in his boat that has this big cover on it in his front yard. And like there's notices all around that the Boston oh, Marathon right. guy might be in the neighborhood, so you should all stay inside. So he calls the police saying, hey, I think this guy might be hiding in my boat. Exactly what you should do. The cops come over and immediately shoot like 30 holes in the boat. <laughs> Like, nobody checks it out first. Like, they shoot, and then they go over and peek in, and they're like, yeah, there's somebody in there. (laughs) (laughs) Was it the guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, it's just the craziest sequence where, like, okay, this is a guy in a boat. We don't think he's armed, but, like, even if he is armed, we have 30 SWAT people. No one is interested in, like, de-escalating or arresting. They're just, like, trying to blow up the boat. <laughs> I really hope that guy got compensated for that, man. That's That sucks. <laughs> Get a new boat, for sure. Yeah. Did we uh, ever talk about Spencer, Con- Spencer Confidential? It's the new Peter Berg film out with Marky Mark. It's an action comedy that was released, like, just before theaters shut down, like, March 6th of 2020. Oh, Peter Berg. You know, on a comedy now, too, huh? Right? I guess it's a comedy. I don't know if it would yeah. be my sort of my, thing, but uh, my mom watched it and she liked it. Uh, the guy from uh, Black Panther and uh, Us is in that too. Mbaku. It, well, it's got a it's got a Mark Wahlberg, Winston Duke. Uh, oh, I don't know her name. Uh, Alan Arkin, uh, Eliza Schlesinger. Schlesinger, yeah. yeah. And then um, Mark Maron and Post Malone. And Post Malone, Austin Post. <laughs> <laughs> See, Wes, which I thought bring, was cool. Wes, you bring up an interesting point there. You said your mom likes it. 
I think that Mark Wahlberg is like the perfect uh, demographic. Like Mark Wahlberg films are the perfect demographic for middle-aged women. Mm, Loki. Maybe this is actually a, a really good equation. Like because... I've never met anybody's mom who doesn't like have a crush on Mark Wahlberg. Mm. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, like if you take the hard <laughs> action. <laughs> Of a Peter Berg film, because he's done a lot. He's Spencer Confidential, Mile 22, Patriot's Day, Deepwater Horizon, Lone Survivor. All these have Mark Wahlberg in the film, mm-hmm. you know, and they're super actionist. There's a lot of things going on all at once. There's a lot of violence. But then there's also Mark Wahlberg who's getting it all done. He's getting the jobs fixed. And, and maybe that's greasy. just the perfect equation. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's weird because you look at a lot of, uh, you just mentioned like two movies that are actually pretty good, or really one, uh, Lone Survivor. Like that's a that's a really good movie, and it's like I like it because it's like it's serious the whole time. He's not like cracking jokes and being like, oh, I'm like from Boston, ah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like super serious. It's like a real story, all that stuff, and like I don't know. I, it, you would think he's like found his niche when it comes to that, but it's even. It's weird because I've seen like some action comedy films like The Other Guys and stuff like that where he actually does well in. So I don't know if he's like, I don't I, maybe he's just versatile and maybe I just don't realize it, but I don't know. I think it's interesting because like, I don't I wouldn't say he's versatile, but he has two niche markets because yeah. he has the like everyday oil driller Navy SEAL who like fixes things and gets things done right. like the Peter Berg movies. And then the other stereotype he fulfills is the instant family daddy's home. Mm. Just like, does he really even have to act in those movies? Because like he's usually second fiddle to a really funny guy, Will Ferrell, or an instant family. It's like the kids yeah. like provide the comedy, and like all he really has to do is stand around and be like, "Oh what? my gosh, that's crazy!" <laughs> okay, kids, get in the van. Let's go to yeah. soccer practice. All right. Like, but yeah. for some reason, like he's the only guy that can fulfill those roles. He keeps getting those very that's bland true. comedy technically roles. And even then, though, I mean, have you guys seen the movie Invincible? Long Vince Papali. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I really like that movie. Um, I, j- I think I just recently watched it, like, uh, maybe, like, 2017 was the first time I watched it. And then I just rewatched it, like, maybe last year or so. But it's just, it's a, it's another good movie where he's just playing a very normal person. And it's it's good, man. I don't know. Like, <laughs> maybe I like, I think I, he's probably my favorite actor now. That's what I think I've just discovered right now. Mark, oh, wow. Marky Mark is my favorite actor. <laughs> what a man. discovery here. Yeah. Um, I think we should at least stick with one film at a time. I I can say things about Invincible. Um, It's a story about Vincent Papali. Um, I guess he's kind of like an... Maybe he was a real guy, but it's more of an allegory for uh, Lombardi. I'm pretty sure it was his story, really. Um, It's just about, like, this rough, like, (coughs) guy from Philly, you know, who, like, wants to... That's when, like, I think the Eagles and, like... I guess the NFL in general had, like, actual tryouts, mm-hmm. you know, before, like, there was drafting and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and he, it's just, you'll never be good enough, you know, <laughs> sort of vibe. It's almost like... Uh, Rocky, almost. Yeah, almost like Rocky or, like, uh, some sort of, Rudy. like, Rudy. boxing, wrestling film and stuff like that. Same yeah. kind of formula. But, um... <laughs> he does push-ups and good. runs a lot and all that. My yeah. favorite part of that movie, though, is at the, like, during the credits, like, a lot of... Um, true story movies do this they show the actual footage of like his one play in the game and it's amazing how how roughly they exaggerated this in the movie because like in the movie they imply that he hit this uh the guy running the ball so hard that he fumbled it and then he like got up before it hit the ground and he caught it and they ran in the touchdown but when it shows the footage over the credits the guy just tripped (laughs) <laughs> and dropped the ball. 
<laughs> that's the same thing with uh like Rudy. Have you ever seen that? Like mm-hmm. the Rudy was based on a real guy, but from most in most of that film it's like oh he's like a real like part of the team and stuff like that which i mean it's a cool story and like obviously it's very inspiring but it's only like a couple of plays that he does for the actual game (laughs) so it's not i mean i guess he got his wish i don't know but kind of the same thing with papali i I suppose my favorite is just when he gets uh, tackled so hard in the street football scene uh that he gets thrown like out into the gate and then onto a car that was pretty cool. I, think I want to see that in reverse. My favorite part of the movie is just what it's done for a certain very specific culture, which is like I love the stereotypical Irish Bostonian guy who's like, yeah, I'm going to play for the – I can play for the Eagles, you know? Like I could do that. Like I love that – Will, we've been talking about an actor who's on both the show Oz and 30 Rock. Yep. Who plays like the same guy in each show. It's like this Irish – Bostonian Mark Wahlberg wannabe. I just love that that character. I wish we could see that stereotype in more movies. <laughs> and, and it's like Bostonian is kind of a character that I guess everybody likes because it's like Irish, you know. Um, same. <laughs> what? I know. Yeah. Like it's just it's a it's a thing that people like. I, I'm not really sure. I'm trying to find the guy's name here. But you said he was in Oz and Thirty Rock. Yeah, yeah, he plays uh, uh, Riley in the show Oz on HBO. He's also Mayhem. Like in the commercials where he's like, "Oh my oh, god, I'm a lady driving oh, my guy. car. I'm gonna hit you, and then I'm oh. gonna drive away." Yeah, because he was in uh, John Wick too. Ryan yes. O'Reilly. Yes. Ryan O'Reilly, I think. Oh my gosh, that blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> we all, I think we all love that dude. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Yeah, I just wish I knew his name. Dean Winters. <laughs> Dean Winters. Yep, Is that that's it? right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I oh, love man, Dean Winters. And to me, when you talk about, is the movie called Invincible? Is that what we said? Yeah. 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 When I think of Invincible, I just think of like a thousand Dean Winters. <laughs> <laughs> who like, th- their only apparel is Eagles jerseys. And, you know, they call everyone dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like this Dean Winters guy just plays like, he's a bit, I guess, stereotyped and stuff. But he's played like, he's be- he's been in Rescue Me, 30 Rock, Sex in the City, Law and Order. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and then, like, he just plays the same recurring thing where yeah. it's like, I'm from Boston. What we'll good about it? Kind of a jerk. <laughs> Shut up about it. Shut up about it. <laughs> well, if we want to, we can use that as a segue to other Mark Wahlberg Bostonian films. What do you guys think is the Mark Wahlberg Boston movie? Probably Ted. Ted? Yeah. yeah. Ted, Ted seems, I guess, like Seth MacFarlane's from Rhode Island, but it's kind of the same area, I suppose. So. Yeah, similar areas. I mean, I think Ted is a very good, yeah. That, I, like, yeah. his accent is extremely it's thick in Ted. It's thick. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. super thick. And even Ted, like, the character Ted, his accent is, like, crazy thick as well. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, you're right. That's, that's a very Boston film. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd throw in The Departed. Just yeah. because you have the combined talents of Mark Wahlberg, Leo. Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio, Alec Baldwin, and Jack Nicholson, and they're all doing horrible. Like, not even horrible. They're <laughs> all just doing aggressive acting. Yeah. Also, in Ted, we go to, like, every Boston landmark throughout the movie. Yeah, I think they're both, like, high contenders. And mm-hmm. I honestly just think it's cool that he somehow associated himself with this one specific <laughs> geographic location. Like, I imagine him walking down the streets of Boston would be, like, Patrick Mahomes like being in Kansas City, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, and I could definitely see that, man. I don't know. He's I've never been to Boston. Have you guys been to Boston? I feel like you yeah. have, Will. I haven't, I, I haven't to. been to Boston. I think the closest I've been to is like New York City. Mm. 
But I mean, like, even there you get some accents picked up, you know. So I guess that's pretty cool. I don't know. I think Ted would be a good contender for the accent part, but mm-hmm. I totally get the departed. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it fits that feel, man. And I gotta get it. I love that movie. I kind of forgot about it for the longest time, but mm-hmm. I always get that movie confused with The Aviator. <laughs> I always get it confused with um, Hereafter. I think hmm. that's that one. Uh, it's Matt Damon's a psychic. He can like talk to people in the afterlife. Oh, so like very different movies. Yeah. <laughs> Is he Bostonian? <laughs> oh, I also get it confused with Shutter Island. I get gotcha. those three movies confused with each other. Mm. I confuse that with Inception. Shutter Island? No, it was just a joke. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I definitely enjoyed Ted when it came out and watched it at least 13 times over the next like year or two. Yeah. Has anyone watched it recently? No. I'm nervous to not. see how that would fare. Yeah, I have no idea how that's aged. When did the first one come out? Like 2015? 2009. Mm. Yeah, Whoa. I was in middle school. Yeah, I was oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 2012. Or 12. Wow. Wait. And the second one came out. Is this the first one? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And the second one came out, what, 2016? 2015. 2015. Okay. Man, Ted 2. Yeah, that probably hasn't aged at all. <laughs> I mean, according to the Entourage movie, there's a third one, but that's only according to the Entourage movie. <laughs> Which, I mean, Mark Wahlberg has also been the in the Entourage yeah. movie, you know? <laughs> Plays himself. Because he produced the show. Yeah. <laughs> is, is what the deal was. Wasn't it supposed to be like... It was like... About supposed, him and his friends. It like, was supposed to be like his journey like through these people. That's crazy. I guess that's yeah. cool. But, I mean, like... I look, cool. look at like 2010 <clears throat> okay. to... Like now, we okay. got like a crazy amount of film. Like the other guys, which we've talked about. The other guys, great movie. I love Pain that movie. and Gain, oh, Lone Survivor, The Gambler, Daddy's Home. Yeah, we've talked about like all of these movies on the podcast for like other categories. So yeah. look at him warming his little way into our into our brains throughout the, throughout the history. Man. What, do we just have a crush on Mark Wahlberg? Do <laughs> <now? Yeah>, like, <laughs> we really have so. a crush on Mark Wahlberg? I did just look up his height, and he's not five ten; he's five eight. That's crazy. I was being generous, I guess. Yeah, I guess you were. <laughs> well, what's your guys' uh, favorite Mark Wahlberg films? I guess we've kind of already touched on a couple of them, like The Departed. Sure. Um, are there any ones that you just, like, enjoyed watching, not necessarily um, because they were good? So check this out, right? So uh, as a kid, there was a series of films that I could not watch because I wasn't old enough. Mm. One being The Exorcist, another being Pulp Fiction. Another being uh, Hangover when that first came out. Was that 08? Something like that, 08, 07? So um, another movie that we had on DVD that I wasn't allowed to watch was Boogie Nights. (laughs) And I didn't know why. Very good reason. (laughs) I I didn't know why, but um, every time I like, because my dad had a collection of movies that we'd always have, and I was like, yo, could I watch this one? He's like, (laughs) no. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, it's like, why not? Like, why can't I watch Boogie Nights? And like, and that's the dude from uh, that one movie where he's like, you know, talking and stuff. He's like, yeah, but not this one. And I was like, ah, okay. So like, one Saturday morning, I um I snuck and watched that film. How uh, old were you? Maybe nine or ten. Oh no. Yeah. So Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> are you? Dude, do you need help, buddy? Like... Low key. But dude, that movie was like. That movie was wild, bro. <laughs> and I, like, just recently watched it again, like, as an adult. Like, maybe when I was, like, 18 or 19. And it was, like, it was still wild. I was still, like, oh, my gosh. This is, like, it, it, I don't know. I Honestly, I think I've, like, repressed so much of the film that I can't even recall, <laughs> like, what's happening in the film. 
for the but I record, know what's happening. Uh, Boogie Nights is a, a movie about Mark Wahlberg as a porn star, yeah. n- known only as Dirt Diggler. Yep. Yeah. And I guess that's based on a true story. But I should also advise our listeners that we can't necessarily go into great detail yeah. about what happens <laughs> in this particular that's film. I was, I was trying to avoid like any sort of like due to the adult language and graphical <laughs> analysis. Yeah. So I'll just say that has a, a interesting memory attached to it. There's a lot of like sex in it, you know. That's kind of the whole fun. film. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's not. It's not like a a pornographic film. No, no, no. It's not. A movie. Um, it's but about it, it, it though. Yeah, it's a, it's about a guy who's in the adult film industry, and um, there's a bunch of he's like new he's um new to it. Yeah, he's new to it, and he like gets kicked out of his mom's house for for being an adult film star. And I remember there's a particular like quote that I really liked. It was uh um like some around the lines of uh it was like uh I'm gonna be somebody. Yeah, that's oh, about could it. Could have been a contender. Could have been, yeah, <laughs> could have been it sounded a lot like I could have, could have been, been a contender. Kind of yeah. like that Travolta line in Saturday Night Fever. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, that was exactly what it was. It was oh. like, I'm going to be somebody, Mom. You'll, you'll never understand me. I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to get out of this crap hole or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, it was I don't really know. dumb. Um, but there's the happening. There like is the movie. happening. Yeah, there is the happening. Uh, do you guys hate that movie? That. I, I don't as hate a kid. I don't really movie. hate it. No. I I enjoy the comedy of it sure. being, being like one of the well-known most well-known B movies like right. out there. Right. Like it's probably up there in with The Room kind of. Hey. Ooh, I don't know if I go that far. Well, you say the will you say like up there meaning like bad? Uh, like being known as a a B a B tier movie and that people watch because it's so bad. Well, I mean, I think if if the if the happening is a B tier movie, that means the room is like a F tier movie, man. Because like the at least the happening has like people we know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It has like I don't know, but I think uh, what I remember mostly about that movie is the trailer. Mm-hmm. The trailer was done so well, where it just had like it was just very ambiguous and very like sort of. Um, abstract when it came to like how they well when the person uh directing your movie is has only been known for uh the sixth sense and unbreakable at this point it's pretty easy to get butts and seats with very little footage yeah yeah and i just remember like the the footage of like the people jumping off buildings and like the the girl taking the thing out of her hair and stabbing herself and that was just like really visceral to me as a kid and i like really liked that for some reason Another for the record, the happening is about is a movie about plants releasing uh, toxins into the air that make people kill themselves. Yeah, but it's this big mystery throughout the first part of the film. Like, man, what's causing all this mass suicide around the American Northeast? You know. Hey, have you seen what's up with the bees? Science is interesting, guys. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg plays a science teacher. He's in a this. science teacher. Yeah. yeah, and I think that I like that too because it's kind of refreshing to see because he's like jacked still. He's like you know. 800 pounds of muscle when he's in this movie but i remember um my one of my science teachers in um in middle school like actually had a printout of him as the teacher in the happening and tried to pass it off like he used to be a teacher before he was an actor (laughs) that's great there's this one really like awkward part of he's like teaching a class and he kind of like knows what's up you know with like the 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 mass suicides in the airborne neurotoxin that's supposed to be killing all these people. Um, but his students don't know. And so like one, one day he releases his students from class and they're going out the door and he just goes like, Hey guys. And then they all look up and stuff like that real quiet. And he just goes, nothing. 
It was like, <laughs> what, a, what a weird line delivery that was. Why would you keep that in your film? Like, uh, the Happening also stars Zoe Deschanel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was before good. a lot of things. That was like after Yes Man with Jim Carrey. Yeah, so. but before New Elf. Girl. Before New Girl, yeah. After uh, New Guy, which I just, the New Guy. Have you guys seen The New Guy? Long time ago. I just thought about that. She was in The New Girl and The New, anyway. But huh. yeah, that was after that. That came out like in 03 with uh, Eddie something eddie uh eddie anyway <laughs> but um yeah. wh- while you're uh you were saying that it kind of sparked the interest like when we were young this this film made 163 million dollars at the box office what was the, what was you the know budget? 40 million wow. like that's not bad yeah. at all that's, that's a good. successful film yeah and as i said the marketing strategy for that movie was so well done i mean it had a lot of like uh hype going into it i remember i couldn't go see it because you know it was it rated r yeah, it's rated R. Yeah, I couldn't go see it because of that, so we had to mm. wait until it came out on DVD to get it. But yeah, that movie was good. I guess Stephen King liked the film. He oh, said it was uh, Fox's two summer creep shows. Huh? I don't know what that means, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> he, I don't know what that means. Stephen King actually acted in and wrote and helped like film uh, a segment for Creep Show, which is a movie based on the comic books and graphic novels. And in yeah. his segment of Creep Show, he plays a yokel farmer, who like there's some meteorite that lands in his front yard. And it starts like uh, this, like fungus, I guess you could call it, mm-hmm. uh, growing on him and like everything in his house to the point that it's like taking over him and his body. Ooh, and he's like just that. like this patch of grass mm-hmm. in a jungle that used to be his house. Yeah, nope. So like the idea of plants taking over and being a bad thing, I think that's why he's relating it back to Creep uh, Show. Yo, and also uh, I hate plants like in a um, in a scary way. You know what I'm saying? Like in I don't, scary way. I don't like fungus at all. Okay. Ever? Kind, not even, not even mushrooms, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, I don't like when stuff grows on other stuff. It creeps me out. So like, just so, to think that plants could kill people, which they can. So poison ivy's like the scariest DC character. No, in your mind. no, because she just kisses people and it's weird. But it's like, <laughs> if she was like infecting, like she, like her hands were like fungus and like was like like grabbing people and like. You know what I'm saying? Like in like in vault. I don't know, man. Fungus is creepy. Like some Last of Us type of stuff. Yeah, that gets to me, bro. So what you just mm. described, I'm a dream about that tonight. <laughs> I guess you like, actually reminded me of a scene that I've repressed from the happening. Is oh. is there a scene where uh, Mark Wahlberg tries to steal some farmer's like hot dog or something, and then he tries to kill him <sighs> for it? Yo, maybe I could see that being. The There's movie. something about what Will hot just dogs said. <laughs> Considering what Will just what? said about the <laughs> oh, something about like hot dogs or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the the hippie farmers, and they're in the greenhouse, and they're like, oh yeah, like you know, we we feed like you know meat to plants or something like that, and it's actually really good for the environment. Um, do you like hot dogs? And then it's like, does this have to do with the film in general? Like, I don't, I don't even know what's going on at this point. But yeah, it was really, it was really weird. I didn't, I didn't get it, but. Um, I think it's time for us to take a short break here. Uh, when we come back, more about Mark Wahlberg and much more about films as well. You've been listening to The Best Take here on 106.7 KZLXLP Maryville. And welcome back to The Best Take here on 106.7 KZLXLP Maryville. Um, I wanted to talk more about Mark Wahlberg's not necessarily failures because <laughs> I don't necessarily know if no, let's talk was, about his failures. Okay, okay, we'll talk about some of his failures. Because he's had some misses. He's not sure. perfect. Um, the whole 9-11 thing was weird. <laughs> <laughs> kind of was, yeah. For context, anybody want to explain that? 
Kyle, this is your favorite part. Uh, I guess in some like GQ interview, like half a decade or a decade after 9-11, Mark Wahlberg claimed that if he were on the plane or one of the planes, that he would have like stood up and taken down the bad guys and kind of like low-key blamed people who were on the plane for like not having done that. I think the exact quote was something along the lines of like, if I were on that plane, things would have gone down differently. I wouldn't have let my kids go down or something like that. It was just in very, very poor taste. And I'm not. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> we did. But he mentions uh, 9-11 a lot in his films, too. It's, it's kind of weird. every movie he's in, 9-11 yeah. is mentioned. It's kind of odd. But um, it's another film that he had in 2001 was Planet of the Apes, which is just like a. I don't even know how you got that wrong, honestly, because it was just, it was a rough film. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? I never thought that movie was bad until I actually, like, watched it. It was it was something, for some reason, it was always, like, on in my house. Like, like Planet of the Apes was, like, a consistent film. Yeah. It was just always on. We had it on DVD. It was, like, on Fox all the time. Like, I didn't even know that um, Planet of the Apes, there was, like, a remake. I, or, I, th- I didn't know it was, like, a remake from the original. I just thought that was the original. And, like, I always used to think that the, um... The monkeys or the apes look like uh, the Jackson family. Yeah, it was just weird. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. But like, um, my, my favorite joke is that it it stars Paul Giamatti, but it's um it's really just Paul Giamatti in a monkey suit. You yeah. know, like it's just so freaking weird. <laughs> I love the fact that they had like a, an ape Abraham Lincoln at the end too. Yeah, that yeah. Was just that was weird. That was I didn't fun. get it. I have the uh, I have the exact uh, 9/11 quote if we want that. Sure, go sure. for it. I guess. <laughs> if I was on that plane with my kids, it would have gone differently. Uh, there would have been a lot of blood in the first class cabin, and then I'm then and then me saying we're going to land somewhere safely. Don't worry. <laughs> That's terrible. Somewhere safe. I don't know. Well, I mean, are we ever going to see him make a 9/11 movie? Because like that seems kind of logical. He did Patriots like, it's Day. It's gonna it's, it's gonna did. keep escalating. He goes from Deepwater Horizon to Patriots Day. He's gonna get to nine eleven eventually. I mean, he's at the end of the world with plenty of the apes. So I mean, hey. are they making more movies? Are they making more movies about like Olympus has fallen, London has fallen? I think they series? just concluded that trilogy. Oh, oh. Angel has yeah. fallen. Angel has fallen. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Back to what I was saying about Planet of the Apes, because it's not necessarily related to 9-11, but it's also a national tragedy that this film exists. So <laughs> I'll be as bold. No, I really don't like this film um, yeah. because I'm a huge fan of the original Planet of the Apes series. And it's a series, too. It's not j- like yeah, there's, there's Charlton so Heston in the first one. He's in the second one with um, uh I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but there's like a sequel to it. And then there's like four more months. about like Dr. Zayas and, and the the ape scientists and stuff like that um, and their research and all that. Um, there's a lot more to it. And I just was like, man, you could have had like a whole four or five films that you could have done, but you were just so stupid in this first one because <laughs> <laughs> of all the pitiful mistakes that you've made. You want to talk about... I will say... That, the reboot that they had when they talk about like the oh no no the, the reboots and stuff are great yeah, and they've they've started yeah. more but yeah oh that Mark rough one was a, was a rough sort of passage in uh planet of the apes yeah you want to talk about mark Wahlberg adaptations that make us frustrated then there we need to look no further than max Payne, mm. the adaptation of the 2001 video game that invented bullet time yes sir and is there any bullet time in Max Payne? Nope. No. 
Is there some weird demon subplot in Max Payne? Yep. Yes. Does that have anything to do with the games? Not at all. No. Uh, the games is about a guy who's addicted to painkillers, and his wife and child were murdered. Uh-huh. And um, they barely touch it that on that at all in this movie. We're more focused on Mila Kunis uh, doing something else, and this weird demon thing. I am not happy. Mark Wahlberg doesn't know how to hold a shotgun in that movie either. He doesn't even put it against his shoulder. He just like holds it with his two hands out like. <laughs> yeah, honestly. It's, for some reason, man, I, I do this really weird thing with my brain where, like, um, if there's a movie that is, like, an adaptation or, like, a, a depiction of something and I don't like it, I completely forget about it. It's removed from my brain. I never think about it ever again. Max Payne is literally that. I hadn't thought of this movie until we just looked at the uh, filmography of his career. I was like, oh, my God, they did do that, and that was terrible. It's just, I'm happy that I was able to repress that, but I'm hoping that I can re-repress it. Re-repress it. Because <laughs> now I'm thinking about it, and it's like it's like a flood of like terrible, tasteless memories. I mean, he kind of looks like the character of Max Payne. He looks like the character, but he doesn't, it's, it has just, nothing to do with the plot. The execution's just a tad off, you know. From a non-gamer perspective, I think that Mila Kunis doing random stuff and a demon sounds more entertaining than I have a wife and a painkiller problem. That'd be my hot take. Dead and what wife. I look dead for. Wife. Oh, a dead wife. That's even worse. Because then the whole thing's through flashbacks and it's like overly sentimental. Huh. So like if I'm going for like a big dumb action movie, which is what this looks like it was trying to be, I think that might be a cool move. But I'm also not someone who played the video games. Sure. Yeah. I think also um, just with the Max Payne story, I mean, did you play the reboot uh, or the remake or the, the, I guess the third one. Yeah, I played the third one. Yeah, and that was really good. Yeah, all three very, of them are. Yeah, that was a very, very good game. And I'm like, you know, just with how they're able to like, because I mean, the, the third one was basically a film. Like, it, yeah. it, it played so well and it was a really, really good story behind it. And just seeing that and the potential that they had with that story and just to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, for context, Max Payne 3, like, he's off the painkillers. Um, he's not doing the vengeance thing anymore. He's right. just like this bodyguard guy. And uh, he he has to save this, like, rich, bratty little teenager kid. And um, he's not happy about it. No. <laughs> he's kind of going crazy, too. Like, and after watching that, I just want to have a Brian Cranston, Max Payne film. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> but, like, keep it, say that it's in the same universe because, like, he does look like Mark Wahlberg does look like Max Payne. He does, yeah. And but, but Brian Cranston, Cranston does look like old Max Payne from Max Payne Three. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. You want to talk about things that have just been erased from our brain? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and another adaption, I think, from like a young adult novel, The Lovely Bones in two thousand nine. Oh, that pops into my brain. Like, I was just going to talk about that. Yeah. It's directed by Peter Jackson. Hot off of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, starring Sorsha Ronan in 2009, and Mark Wahlberg is like, was he the main bad guy? No, no, he um, he was the dad. Yeah, he was the dad. He was the dad in that film. Uh, what okay. the Lovely Bones is about is um, this little girl gets murdered, and she as like a little ghost little girl, uh, she's kind of like setting up clues around mm. the house and stuff to like show her dad to who the killer was. Mm. Um, I remember because this was it's, a movie it's actually was... a really good film in my opinion but I know a couple of people who were who were dissatisfied because it wasn't like the book or something I just remember this is geared towards like young adults correct yes. yeah it seemed pretty hardcore for a movie geared towards young adults like there's a big subplot of like sexual assault like isn't she like held captive 
for a long time and abused and then murdered. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was, like, to me, who was, like, 12 watching this, it was, like, really intense for a, a YA novel adaptation. But I'd never read the book. I loved it as a kid, too. I just haven't you know, You know it. who did the music? And this, the soundtrack for this is something that I really, really liked. Um I think when I was watching, it was Brian Eno. Oh yes, yeah. I know that. It was like super cool too. I'm like, wow, you were here, and also Peter Jackson. Like, what's going on? You know, what's Brian, uh, what's Brian Eno done? Uh, he's a musician. He's just a musician who does a lot of like work. Um, he's done work with like David Bowie, Talking Heads, Devo. Now he does like um, ambient stuff. So like his albums are like six yeah. hours long, and there's like two or three note changes. And it's nice. awesome. It's it's actually <laughs> really really cool. But um, yeah, he did like the soundtrack for this film. You know. 10 or 12 years ago and yeah i thought i think it holds up you know um how do you say her name cyrus ronan sorsha Sorsha ronan yeah i think this is like one of her first um because she was only like 15 or 16 when this film came out but but that seems like a cool i'll have to go back and rewatch it because it seems like mark Wahlberg might get to stretch in that movie and play not a tough guy or a dad in a really crappy comedy movie well he's a dad but this is not a comedy. It's not it's a, a comedy situation. No. <laughs> I just thought it was really cool because, I mean, hey, maybe he is versatile. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe. he can. Okay, did anybody see The Perfect Storm? This has been a movie that's on my watch list forever. I am dying to see The Perfect Storm with George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, John C. Riley. I have not seen this. Is this the one uh, that's based on a book? I think it's based on a true event. So maybe they like wrote a book about it, but like this is an actual thing that happened because I just watched an interview with Mark where he was talking about like hanging out with the guy's brother of the person he played and like really like this was like one of the first times that he said he had an opportunity to really work on like nailing a specific idea for a character where like, you know, this guy was real, so he has a target to hit and his performance oh. is a matter of how close he can get to that target. So it's funny that you mentioned The Perfect Storm because this um, author, Sebastian Younger, is like one of my favorites. He does this book called Tribe. He's like this ex-military guy um, who is like now an author, but he's written like a lot of really, really good books. And one of them is The Perfect Storm, uh, which did, I guess, pretty well for, you know, summer of 2000 and stuff but yeah it was made it's like a film it grossed like 326 million dollars or whatever you know i haven't seen it but i'm sure it's great it seems, i just recognize the author it seems very in line with like Deepwater horizon patriots day like these true mm-hmm. to life like every man action movies which i'm kind of getting addicted to just because they're so easy and they have such a pattern that it's comfortable to sit in that pattern and just watch it over and over again sure. so we'll have to find someone who will rent us the perfect storm sometime and give an update to our listeners please listeners if you have a copy of the perfect storm we'd love to watch it <laughs> mail it to 517 <laughs> i probably won't be a part of that because i just don't like movies with water in them oh that's right are you scared of water i'm not scared of water or anything it just makes me uncomfortable when it's on movies what, what about, about okay Aquaman? I was gonna say Aquaman. Does that make you uncomfortable? I mean, I'm not the biggest Aquaman fan. Oh, I I really like the movie. I really do. Oh. But like, I don't know. Just movies that take place on like one boat, I guess. Like um, Jaws, that, the Finest Hour, and stuff like that. Um, um that I, it just doesn't appeal away? to me. Castaway. He was on the water. Titanic. Right. Ghost ship. Right. Cody, Never? what about Jaws? You don't like Jaws? I do like Jaws. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Do you know I mean, Titanic? Really like Jaws. Uh, Titanic's okay. 
The rest of this hmm. episode will be naming boat movies. Increasing <laughs> yes. like yes or no, like a king. Be like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> More of this. None of this. Well, I think a, a movie that you guys did like is Pain and Gain, which is something that we've talked about on this podcast. Anybody care to share their thoughts? Pain and Gain is a really funny uh, Michael Bay-directed movie where uh, The Rock and Mark Wahlberg accidentally kill a guy. While they're trying to, like, extort uh, money and stuff from them. And then they keep accidentally killing people because they on roids and cocaine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anthony Mackie's in it as well. Anthony Mackie, yep. (laughs) What's funny is, though, like, um, (laughs) every time I look at that movie, I feel so bad for him. Because, like, uh, it's almost, like, because his story in the movie is also, like, him, like, not being able to get as big as a lot (laughs) of people. He's not as big as Mark Wahlberg is, like, his whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, it was kind of like that on set as well because Mark Wahlberg is huge and, obviously, The Rock is an actual rock now. And it's, like, (laughs) he really just could not get as big as them. But the movie is fun, though. It's funny about that movie, like, um, it has the rock in it, and every movie that has the rock in it, like I have to go see immediately. But that's just for some reason, I just that movie evaded me for years. It came out twenty thirteen, right? Uh, oh, like oh, it was like two. Hold on, I had it pulled up. Pain and gain. Ah, it's not doing it. Oh, well, I'm sure it's in the mid 2000s yeah, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming like early to 2010, 2013, 2014 somewhere. Yeah, around. and yeah. that that's like Mark Wahlberg. In my argument, it's his prime. Mark <laughs> like the peak. the early to mid 2010s. Yeah, like that's where all the good stuff was. Uh, but I, I didn't watch that movie till like 2017, maybe 2016, 2018. And uh, but I enjoyed it, man. It was a fun movie. I like how the whole stupid. like driving goal throughout it is he just wants to be able to mow his yard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he just stares at this mower and he wants to buy it, but he doesn't have a yard, so he doesn't buy it. <laughs> you, you know who uh, who his brother is, Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. You know he both Wahlberg brothers were in the the probably the original like OG. Boy band, New Kids on the Block. Oh, don't say that. They had a bunch of hits. <laughs> they had a bunch of hits. And Chinese food makes me sick. Hey, let's hey, not talk about the original boy band because the original boy band is New Edition. Uh-oh. This is for Will. Which came out first? Which came out first, New Edition or New Kids? New Edition was started in 1978, I believe. Yeah, well, New Kids was 1985. Exactly. New Kids on the Block were made... To be a counter, I'm, you might be able to get more of this on blackout, but you're gonna look. Hold on, let me let me get on my pedestal real quick. <laughs> <laughs> new Kids on the Block was made to be uh, a white version of New Edition because New Edition was breaking up. I'll give you that. New Edition was breaking up, and then they made New Kids on the Block, and they had the little track. That Counterpoint: New Edition is a black version of the Monkees. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I can't fight that with the Monkees. <laughs> Counterpoint: The Monkees are just a version of the Beatles who are also white though Counterpoint: the Beatles <laughs> are just what Chuck Berry wanted okay. counter Backstreet's back oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right counter it's actually Backstreet's back all right mm-hmm. okay well okay anyway. so both Wahlberg brothers yes, yes yes were in this band called new kids on the block and it was very bad was Mark in that it was not bad was Mark yeah, it was pretty rough Mark did vocals I didn't know that. Yeah, he he was a past member on his, uh, the Wikipedia page. It's listed, but well, yeah, because no, they still tour. But tour. like, Mark, well, Mark, Mark Wahlberg was in jail or probably something. I don't know. Oh, oh. but 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 together as the Wahlberg estate, Earth. you know, they've created a gourmet burger chain restaurant called Wahlburgers, and I've had Wahlburgers before. And let me tell you, it tastes a lot better than what you'd think. It's a lot better than the movies that you see. 
with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> it's a good it's a good meal, and like I talk big game about it, but okay. shoot, I just hope it comes into our Wahlberg, location. Though? Is it better? Donnie than Wahlberg is in the kitchen right now, <laughs> making the Wahlburgers. Can I press you on this issue a little bit, Will? Of course, because I know you. And you are not a very adventurous eater. So what did I'm you not. get at Wahlburgers? Was it a plain cheeseburger? No, I got just this. Uh, the Wahlburger? I don't remember what I got. You got chicken tenders. There was a bunch of like, it had a bunch of onions on it. I just didn't know if you're rating the like quality because like, wow, they had really good meat. Or if it was like, I got a burger and it had this, this, and this on it. And that was really good. No, no. Like uh, when you take a bite of the burger, like you feel Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> You said you feel him? <laughs> like, you just feel like you're in Boston with the <laughs> burger and the patty and the... I don't mm. know, man. I just talk big game because I think it's really funny. And they had a TV show, The Wahlburgers, yeah. from yeah. 2014 to 2019. So yeah. that was cool. Um, I'm doing some digging around <laughs> in his past filmography. And I'm encouraging all listeners, as well as the people at the table with me right now... Homework! Look up the movie poster... For one of his first films, 1993, The Substitute with Mark Wahlberg. It's the poster on Letterboxd, oh. if you have that up. <laughs> then they have his, he's credited as Marky Mark, isn't he? He is credited as Marky Mark. <laughs> but this is absolutely the most psychotic image of Mike, Mark Wahlberg you've ever seen. And he looks like Mickey Dolan's from The Monkees. It's so photoshopped. <laughs> this so, looks like a, like a ya novel or something man. it also kind of looks weird. like a poster from boogie nights <laughs> <laughs> who's amanda donahoe donahoe not no not donahue donahoe well she was in starship troopers 3 marauder which means oh i will never yeah. see anything else she's ever been <laughs> well i thought i thought it was like the main chick from starship starship troopers <laughs> that no. doesn't like a ya novel <laughs> But there's just this weird period where for like two years before Boogie Nights, he had a couple film roles. I'm looking at another movie now from 1994 directed by Penny Marshall called Renaissance Man with Danny DeVito. And here's a brief description. Danny DeVito plays an advertising man who is slowly sliding downhill. When he is fired from his job in Detroit, he signs up for unemployment. One day they find him a job teaching thinking skills to army recruits. What does it mean to teach thinking skills to <laughs> army recruits, guys? What is a thinking skill? <laughs> I'm assuming that Mark Wahlberg is one of these army guys that needs to learn how to think. But like, we might have to go through Renaissance Man, too, because that's kind of a fascinating premise. Well, if I mean, it's a, if it's about him learning to think, it's going to have more of your favorite trope where he can't hear. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> like Mark Wahlberg cannot hear well in any of his movies he has this thing where he has to repeat every line of dialogue so like cody and i have fun okay. like let's have a conversation yeah. cody hey we only have 24 hours to get the disc 24 hours we have 24 hours to get this disc is what you're telling me i walk into the room i got my cup of coffee from duncan in my hands and i'm about to spill it all over this putz because he tells me we got 24 hours to get the disc buddy okay okay <laughs> You ask for it. <laughs> so, like, whatever you mention, he has to, like, triple check it with you. <laughs> like, the movie we watched the other night, Mile 22, it's this woman's birthday, and they're at a restaurant. So he, she orders a cake, and he goes, why'd you get the cake? She goes, it's my birthday. 
it's your birthday? It's your birthday? No birthday cake. And then he just like throws the birthday cake off the table. But we couldn't tell that because there were like 20 cuts to throw the birthday cake off the table. We got every angle of that cake falling aside from maybe a POV of the cake. <laughs> I think that like going back to what you were saying, maybe it's just kind of his style of acting mm-hmm. or maybe he's not acting. I don't know which is which. <laughs> Maybe it's just like serious? forgetting his lines and like he's just stalling until he remembers it mm-hmm. and then he goes into what he was actually supposed to say <laughs> after he's done confirming. And he, he's done like so many takes of the thing where it's just like, oh, well, all right, sure, you're angry in this scene, whatever, cool. <laughs> um, he, yeah, I, th- I think we're covering a lot of his stuff now. Um, he had brief things like Transformers, Age of in- Extinction. Ugh. It was rough. Four Brothers, you know, Three Kings. Did anybody see that? 1998. We were about to watch that, actually, for our... Three Kings man. Yeah. Have you seen that before? What's Three Kings? No, film? no. Um, not, uh, I know it's an army film. Is Ice Cube in there? I don't know. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I remember that. That's another movie, at Kyle. That I, was, I was talking to Kyle about how, like, black people just love Mark Wahlberg. My mom <laughs> loves this movie, Three Kings, so much. <laughs> like, it is... Who, who directed that movie? Uh, David O. Russell. I don't know who that is, but um, <laughs> no, man, I, I'm, this movie is good. Now that I think about it, it's just like an it's an action movie. It's in the military. There's three of them, and there's explosions, and they shoot. Are they people. kings? They're kings for <laughs> sure. Uh, David O. Russell was the same guy who did Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle. Oh, oh also The Fighter, which I think also stars Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and uh, Christian Bale, right? Three oh, or wow. four movies with David O. Russell, too. He's worked with, like, three directors his entire career. <laughs> which, I mean, it's a kind of a nice gig because then you can just get the same roles and stuff. They're all from Boston, probably, you oh, know. Yeah. I'd like to imagine, you know, like, your cliche World War II movie, like, ensemble. There's always the one guy named Brooklyn whose only personality trait is that he's from Brooklyn. Okay. Yep. And he's like, oh, man, I can't wait to go back and get me some pastrami and see a Dodgers game and like <laughs> cliche dialogue like that. I'd love Before to see him get shot. <laughs> right. I'd love to see Mark Wahlberg in that role, but with like Boston. You know, like put him in World War II and have him really want to go home to Boston. I think it'd fit in perfectly. You know, uh, I want to go to a Red Sox game and uh, um, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't want to seem like a jerk, but I really feel like Mark Wahlberg, like what he does for a living is very doable, other than the workout <laughs> schedule. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like other than like the equipments and crazy like workout schedule what he's done through like he he did rap career that was brief but somebody had probably ghost written for him mm-hmm. uh then he was just in movies where he was just a dude and, like it, i mean he hasn't really like has he ever been nominated for an uh, oscar for his acting uh, i think he might have been in lone survivor or the fighter the fighter okay i know christian Bale won for that right I think so, but Christian yeah. Bale got like really skinny for it. Exactly. That was like the start of Christian Bale doing stupid stuff to his body. When did the mechanic come out? The mechanic or mechanic? Was that like 03 or something? Like the remake of the the, the mechanic? No, the uh, one where he got the like prestige. Where Christian Bale no. got like super anorexic and like. Oh, oh yeah, hmm. I wouldn't know. I, th- I was it, talking about the mechanic with um, the bald guy, yeah, Jason Statham. Statham. Yeah. That's a yeah. remake of a '60s or '70s. Yeah, movie. I think yeah. it's called like the. Uh, it is like the Mechanist or something yeah. like that. Anyway, hmm. but no, um, that just it just seems like what he's done is like very like. He, I mean, he has. I haven't watched a movie where I was like, wow, Mark Wahlberg. You know, he disappears into this role. Yeah, like <laughs> he just, he's played the same guy for twenty years, and wow, hey, he was uh, um same guy is Mark Wahlberg. He, he was okay. He was okay in Lone Survivor. That's a very okay movie to begin with. Um, it's basically about these, like, three dudes who, like, 
get lost in the wilderness in Afghanistan or something, and they have to, like, find their way back. But the story seems a bit questionable. Like, I don't... It, it basically was um, this guy who uh, was, like, a... He was, like, an army... I can't remember his position or anything, but um, he was in the army for, like, a really long time, and uh, he talks about, like, all this, like, crazy stuff that happened within his own time, but it's also, like, very autobiographical. So there's, like, really no proof to see, like, how, like, even if the story is, like, all that true and stuff, but Mark Wahlberg plays this character, and it's, like, this seems, like, very overdone, and I'm not entirely sure. I, I question a lot of the stuff that happened in that movie, but, um... Yeah, like, it was the same stuff, though, where it was, like, I'm a, I'm a real patriot, and I, I take care of things when they get rough, and I'm an excellent sharpshooter. Like, yeah. just weird stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Like, that movie so, just rubbed me the wrong way. Wahlberg's uh, only Oscar nomination for acting is uh, Best Performance by an Actor in Supporting Role for Departed. He did not win. Huh. What are you showing me a picture of here, Wes? The Mechanist. The Mechanist. What is a Mechanist? We don't know. This is a skinny dude. He just, ooh, yeah, I hate to see that. Yeah. Yikes. Well, I don't necessarily think that getting an Oscar and or not getting an Oscar really proves your sense as an actor. No, you know? no, no, no. But I also think that he's in a different demographic besides Oscar winners and stuff sure. like that, sure. you know? I mean, Leo didn't get his until The Revenant. So. But he did yeah. get his is the point. <laughs> That's true. true. But he's Walter been nominated a thousand one. times before, too, though. Oh, never mind. But like, I feel like I, he could get one. I think. Sure. I'm not saying that you have to win an Oscar, but no. like, if you've been a- acting as long as Mark Wahlberg has, the fact that you have that few nominations probably says something. Yeah, and I also think he's not. He doesn't really make like Oscar Beatty type of films. Like, no, he, he makes like, only Oscar Beatty type of films. Mark Wahlberg stuff based off of true stories. Okay. Lone yeah. Survivor, Absolutely. Patriots Day. But I'm like, uh, you know, Transformers isn't gonna win anything. Yeah, obviously you Transformers. Know, and other stuff, guys. But... Ted, these aren't gonna, you know what I'm saying? Like, but you can't tell me that Patriots Day isn't Oscar bait. True, 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 true. I feel that. Well, we have a couple minutes left. Do you want to just go through his social media presence and like kind of his day to day stuff? I know that you wanted to talk about that, Kyle. Well, I don't know about his social media presence, but uh, his daily routine has become something of legend. So we can we can run through if we want. Um, so Mark Wahlberg, according to Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> wakes up every morning at 2.30 a.m. At 2.45, he starts prayer time, and that lasts until 3.15 a.m. That's when he eats breakfast. From 3.40 to 5.15 is his first workout. 5.30 to 6 is his post-workout meal and shower. Then he claims he golfs for half an hour every day. Which I don't know, like in his backyard, half maybe <laughs> half an hour. Yeah, hmm. so he golfs from seven thirty to eight, where he eats a snack. So like this is when I would get up on a typical day is around eight o'clock ish. So Mark Wahlberg's already been up for six hours, <laughs> done a round of golf, eaten a meal and a snack, two meals, two meals and a snack, and so uh, he'll eat the snack for an hour and a half, I guess, because the next <laughs> thing on his schedule is at nine thirty he has cryo chamber recovery. <laughs> for an hour and when he's done with that he needs another snack uh so then he books 11 to 1 for family time slash meeting slash work calls which to me doesn't sound like family time that sounds like two very different things right yeah he finally gets to lunch at 1 p.m uh and then from 2 to 3 he does more meetings and work calls picks the kids up from school eats another snack 
It's four o'clock, so he does his second workout. Uh, he showers for half an hour starting at 5 p.m., eats dinner, and then goes to bed at 7.30 p.m. every night, which I'm calling baloney on because as yeah. an actor, you cannot go to bed at 7.30 every night. If you're going to be on a late-night show or shoot a night scene yeah. or, like, and there's no way that you could just, like, stay up till, like, midnight one day and then jump right back on this schedule at the next two day. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I'm thinking maybe it's his, this is, like, his, uh, when he's not acting or when he's not, like, on a film, I guess. I guess. Maybe. But, like, when is that? I think like he's two just straight up lying. It's like two weeks out of... <laughs> oh, you just think it's a lie? I think he's a liar. <laughs> I can see, I can see it it might be true. I don't know. Well, I think uh, they'll kind of wrap things up here on the best take. We love you, um, Any last words? We got 30 seconds here. I love Mark Wahlberger. Yeah. I think we all... We love him. Say hi to your mother. Say hi to your mother for me. You can always check out the best take um, with our section slightly off. Uh, which is on Nerd Central on KNWT Channel 8. Uh, we also talk about a Mark Wahlberg film for this particular week, um, which will be cool. That will be out on, uh, I believe, next Monday from now. Monday um, you've been listening to The Best Take on 106.7 KZLXLP Maryville.